Um, I guess the piece that I want to bring up, if I could, is if you remember, I'm going to guess about, I don't know, um, four months ago, give or take six months ago, maybe, everybody was scared because they were now actually feeling and seeing inflation. If you remember that. I was like, oh, my God. And, of course, libertarians immediately ran to, see, it's the Fed, because we're libertarians, and that's what we assume. But if you remember what I said back then, I actually said I didn't think that this form of inflation that we were seeing was actually from the Fed. Blasphemy, I know. But what I was thinking is, that's still coming, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that what we were actually seeing then was much more because of a labor shortage. That literally, because it becomes more and more expensive just to move things around and do things and find people to do things, that that makes higher labor costs and higher travel costs. And then that then by default creates inflation. I think that's still true now. I don't think the worker shortage has gone away. In fact, I think the worker shortage in general is about the same. A lot of people, as many of you know, have decided to not go back to work. They've decided, you know what? I don't want the job that I have, or I don't like my boss, or whatever is the reason, or they they can't make enough money, or they make more money without working, or worse, they've decided to go into the black market. Now, I know you might say, Larry, you're saying the black market's worse. Yeah, not for any individual necessarily. Sometimes black market work is you know more lucrative, depending upon what you're doing. The problem is we assume always that the black market is drugs. And it is drugs. But it isn't only drugs. And that's the piece that people don't understand. Once you start working in the black market, what winds up happening is if you have disputes, you have no way of solving your disputes because you're working in the black market. So the next thing that comes with the black market because of labor shortage, it also becomes obviously product shortages. So now you have people who in theory um, wouldn't be working in the black market, but now are because they have some way of getting some product or service that lots of other people can't get. And that could be something as simple as, I don't know, lumber. That could be something as simple as uh, Band-Aids or whatever might be the case where someone needs something that other people don't seem to have because things are closed, even free stuff. And why do I say that? I mean, even things like condoms, like you might laugh at that, but people still need condoms when they're going to be alone with other people, right? So usually the place that would have given them the free condoms, well, it's closed because of COVID. So where am I going to get them? My buddy Louie, who will sell me them dirt cheap. So now I'm back in a black market even for that. So you can meet a black market for virtually anything. Now, once I get into the black market and I start working well in the black market and things seem to be going well for me in the black market, do I really want to go back to work? In theory, yes, because I'd want to go back to what I was doing, my former career. I'd want to be legal again. In theory, yeah. But sometimes in practice, no. Why? Because we're humans. And things are going well for me right now, right? Either I'm working in the black market, meaning off the books. When I say black market, I mean somehow off the books, right? Off the books where no one knows, there's no real contracts. Maybe I'm doing something illegal or something that's against the law in some way, shape, or form. Or I'm staying home. And now I've been home for 18, 19 months. 
And man, I like being able to watch my favorite YouTuber every day or, you know, binge watching Netflix for three days in a row. I enjoy these things. I don't want to change that lifestyle. It's good enough. I'm enjoying it, particularly if I'm young and I'm not thinking too much about my future. I'm just enjoying my time now. What if I have a new relationship and I'm spending lots of time with my boyfriend or my girlfriend or if I'm lucky, both, whatever the case may be. So you're doing the things that you want to do. So what does that mean? Shortage of workers. Well, you might say, well, Larry, so how does that affect health care or anything else? And this is the backlash. And I talk about backlash often. The backlash piece that we just didn't see is, or we should have seen, I saw, and I was bringing it up months ago. Yes, I'm doing another told you so. I know I am. Back when we were having everyone stay home, but our frontline workers, our healthcare workers were busting their rump, they weren't, get, they weren't getting cool paychecks to stay home. They were getting their regular pay or less than that because of problems and issues with getting money out and having to pay more for stuff and work double, triple hours and work harder while we stayed home. And many people, millions of us, if not tens of millions of us, got paid to stay home. Well, now they've been doing it for a year, year and a half. Many of them are burned out. And not just that, we on the outside, non-healthcare workers, are looking at it going, man, good for you. Let me clap for you while you work so hard. I'm going to give you a clap. But my God, I, you shouldn't have worked. You should have stayed home like me. Wow, they're treating you terrible. And so now the healthcare workers who've been busting their rump for a year and a half now, doing all the extra time, putting themselves in, in certain cases, depending upon the person, putting themselves right in the, in the middle of having to deal with COVID and everything else that's going on, and also feeling bad. There's some bad feelings of these health workers too because they can't help everyone. You know, you watch people die, you watch things happen, and you can't help them. And if you're a healthcare worker, you know, odds are you, you join that because you wanted to help people and you watched people die. It's going to affect your psyche too. All these things start happening. So they start saying, what the hell am I doing? So now we start having a surge again. So people start going home again. And they're thinking, I'm going to do this again. What, I'm going to do another year? Another year and a half of this? Well, people stay home? What? And then here comes the punch, which is a mandate. Now, now you may or may not be pro, you may be anti-vax, whatever is your feeling. All good. Please do you. But just think about how a healthcare worker feels when now they're mandated when they personally believe they shouldn't. Now, you might say, well, Larry, you can go either way. You can go one way as well, Larry. They're healthcare workers. Clearly, they know what's going on. They've been in the front line of COVID. We should just trust them, and maybe the vaccine is not good for them, right? That's option one. Option two, Larry, what are you, crazy? They're in front of people every day. They should get vaccinated. What's wrong with them? They have to get vaccinated. Whichever way you look at that, whether you look at either one of those sides, I'm asking you emotionally, how does the healthcare worker feel? They feel like they've been disrespected for 18 months and now disrespected again because now they're told, do it or you can't work anymore. And I would ask, how would you feel if it were you, you had busted your rump for 18 months, and now government says, well, get a vaccinate or get out. Well, many of them did what you would expect them to do. They quit. 
they walked away or they got sick. I'm doing air quotes, right? Or they got sick and they all of a sudden don't want to go to work anymore. Look, I don't want them to do it, but I understand why. I understand why. I personally got vaccinated. I'm still anti-mandate. And when they made it the mandate, when I thought we were going to mandate it, it made me not want to get it. Like I still did, but I was thinking maybe I should get to hell with you. I was thinking that just naturally because I didn't like it. I can only imagine if I was a healthcare worker and I'd gone through it, I'd be even angrier. So many of them are leaving. So now we have a healthcare worker shortage. Now you might say, well, Larry, it's, it's short term and how bad could it be? Well, let me tell you how bad this can actually be. What many people don't realize is that for the year or so initially, when the COVID lockdown started, hospitals legally couldn't do or were not supposed to do a whole bunch of things that they usually did to make money. So they began to lose money because they couldn't do the operations and other things where they make their big dollars. You might go, well, Larry, that's just capitalism. Well, no, that's part of it. I mean, I care. I want hospitals to make money so they can pay their doctors and pay the healthcare workers, of course. But not just that. People weren't doing things like cancer screenings and heart checkups and things like that. Now, whether it affects you or not, I'm sure it affects someone you know if it doesn't affect you. It affects people in my life. And now they couldn't go do those things. So they had at least a year on hold. Well, now they think about coming back and doing it again. And all of a sudden now we're stopping again. What about those people who were afraid? What if you were someone who had a heart condition or cancer and you're on chemo and you were physically afraid to go to a healthcare center because you believed, hey, if I get COVID, I'll die. Literally, I am immunocompromised. So maybe I'll die. So you don't go. So you didn't go. And now you're thinking, maybe I can go back. And now there's no more healthcare workers for you. That famous story up in Lewis County, New York, where they've now decided one hospital, they're not going to deliver babies anymore in the county because they don't have enough people because people walked out. They left. So what is our option now? Is our option now? Here's the hard part. I say this all the time. Once you use a mandate, once you use violence, which is what a mandate is, how do you go back? You can't. It's a problem to go back now. So now I've got healthcare workers. What do I do? Do I tell them, just kidding, come on back? Wow, how bad does that look if I do that? Or do I double down? You're fired. Do I do that? In which case, now I've lost my healthcare workers. And I may have a surge coming up here. And I got people who have to work with you know, serious illnesses, cancers, and, and heart disease, and things of that sort. Car accidents, all those types of things. Okay, well, then do I, I'll show these healthcare workers will cut off the benefits, right? So they have to go back to work. So now you're telling these healthcare workers that when a huge chunk of our population stayed at home and got benefits, now that you need them, you don't get them? You worked for 18 months, and now when you need them, you don't get them and everybody else did? This is a situation that is really bad, caused by government, caused by forced shutdowns, and forced mandates. Instead of simply allowing people to have real conversations with each other within hospitals and within and within communities to make this work, the mandates made things worse. Always in the long run, because even with all of this, if a COVID, if a COVID, um, um, if we get a surge come up here in the fall, we're not going to be ready for it, and a lot more elderly people are going to pass yet again, and. 
So are more elderly people when it comes to their regular health. People who are just ill, they're going to pass away too. We're going to wind up having, because of our, first our worker shortage we put in place, now our healthcare worker shortage, which we made worse, we're going to wind up having a lot more people die than should have died. That's all I had, Greg. Yeah, I think you've, uh, I think you've summed it up well. You hit a lot of points. Um, and yeah, you, you, this is kind of, it's kind of just a progression, right? Uh, you know, you and I and anyone who is a bit skeptical of the government, um, kind of thought that, you know, once we gave them the reins or more of the reins, they might want to run with it, right? Um, so these mandates for healthcare workers are just the next line in things, right? And when everyone was getting vaccinated, the whole deal was, oh, remember, you get your vaccine, you get to take your mask off. It's only the unvaccinated. Well, now everyone's got to wear masks, right? So, and um, say what you will about the efficacy or whatever. The point is that they get to arbitrarily decide what is right and wrong, not necessarily based on facts, and it ends up giving – a lot of unintended consequences. And um, so we're dealing with a lot of that. So I guess the question is, is there a way to fight back on that? I know people aren't getting the vaccines. There was a court here in Utica that uh, there was a decision written that it was not okay to mandate the vaccine for healthcare workers. Um, so, you know, you are seeing pushback, but is that going to be enough? Who's it's it's a big problem, right? Because how do you how do you now again once you use the mandate in violence, how do you validate that? You you're making people literally lose their jobs. People are are, are losing their 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 health care. They're losing everything now. And and you just go, Well, just kidding. I don't know how you push back. In reality, I think many of them hope the courts stop them. I think they're happy with that. Because the courts are the only way that they can save face. They can say, we would have mandated you, but the court stopped us. Okay, please come back to work. So I think the court ruling is a good thing for everybody to be forward with you. It, first of all, I don't like mandates, number one, so I'm happy about that. But two, it gives the government the ability to go, see, I was still right, but these dumb courts. So they can do that, and now people can get back to work. So my hope is that the court rulings will actually make things I was I was very surprised a at how timely it was right because I expected this uh, to take a while before someone ruled that way right but it's before the mandate was even supposed to go into effect so that surprised me and then everything with uh, law is precedent right so this has set the precedent so now now people down in yeah. the city where you're at and people up in the North Country and all these lawyers, right, they can point and see, look at what they did in Utica, right? They said it was wrong. Someone else thinks this is wrong. It's not just me, right? Um, so I do. I think that that's a good start. At the same time, <laughs> I've seen the courts rule poorly, in my opinion, many times here in New York State because you said it. You, you actually um, – I want to pick on you a little bit because you talked about the courts as if they weren't the government. They're still the government, right? So you got some corruption going on there. That's very good. No, no, no. Point taken. Point taken, brother. You absolutely right. Yes, they are. However, even within the government, there's something that you also have to realize. Lawyers and judges, particularly judges, 
but lawyers too, they're priests of the same religion, right? They worship the state, and they're supposed to. They look in their holy books with our laws to see what is right and what is just. The judges are high priests, and the lawyers are are, 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 are regular priests. And the defense attorneys are rebel priests, right? So, but they're all priests. So they will, when appropriate, decide if someone who is a member of their flock, right, of the government, does, you know, commit heresy. So sometimes courts will stop stuff. But there's something else. If if they're thinking the way I'm thinking, which is, holy crap, we put ourselves in the corner, then they would actually ask the judges to rule against them because it would make sense. So there would be some collusion, in which case, you know, collusion's bad, but this would be collusion I'd be okay with because the outcome is good. Yeah, yeah. And what what's interesting is um, I've been reading a little bit about the whole idea of the separation of the powers, right, and the uh, um, checks and balances and all this stuff. Uh, we, we, we It used to be, right, the feds, they would have the three branches, and they would all have to agree. Um, for something to happen. The president could say, I don't like what you did at all. This is what I think. And the courts could say this, and Congress could say this, and then the state and the individual could also say, I don't like this, I'm not following it, right? Now we've turned it around so that if any one of them says it's okay, now they all fall in line. It's okay, you better you better behave. Um, so I think it's a mindset change too, where um, originally in the founding of the country, there were a lot of people that had to agree that something was okay before it became okay. Now it seems like one one branch uh, at the federal or the state or even the local level says this is what it is, and everyone says, oh, okay, I guess I'll follow the rules. Um, is there a way that we can uh, kind of remind people that you're supposed to be able to do what you want? I'm not sure I'm understanding what you're asking. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of rambled. I kind of rambled. So basically, right, um, we, we kind of – it's been turned on its head, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. I wasn't clear. Um, we ask the permission from the government now, it seems like, right? And we take our cues from the government. It used to be the government could say whatever it wanted to, and we said, okay, that's cool, bro. I'm going to go do what I want anyway. Um is there a way that we can kind of remind people that that's the way it's supposed to work instead of waiting to take? Oh, I see where you're going. Okay. Okay. Um, it's a tough one because as you mentioned before, there is now a precedent that's been set, right? The precedent is no, you do what we say when we tell you to do it. So it's difficult to change that precedent, but impossible. No, but I think it's challenging. Um, I think right now we kind of have to fall back to courts. I'm not sure we have a, another realistic option because people tend to listen to courts, right? That's why we have them. They're supposed to be on our side, right? So people tend to listen to courts. When courts say this is bad, we tend to do it, you know? So I still I still think that as as bad as our system can be sometimes, and it can be very bad, um, right now I think the courts are still our best bet. I don't see a better option. Yeah, I think because they carry that legitimacy, right? Um, Absolutely, yes. Yeah, 
yeah, whether that's whether that's right or wrong, uh, that's the way it is. Uh, so if you can get the government to fight itself, you're going to have a lot better time than if you're trying to fight it on your own, right? Because they're just going to throw you wherever they throw you, and you're not. Exactly. So I, I I do think we're kind of in a tough spot, if that makes any sense. And I think right now the best way to handle it probably is still going to be government. <laughs> what a horrible thing to say as a libertarian. <laughs> I know. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's not like I'm happy about this, Craig. I'm that's great. I, someone's going to take that quote out of context now and put it on your that's face. And be like, that's, that's what Larry said. The best way to handle this is with government. And then yeah. you'll end up on like a meme page somewhere. No, I think you're right. Honestly, it's the same thing that you always talk about, right? Is like, okay, there's the perfect world. There's the world that we should live in. And then there's the world that we live in, right? Yeah. And, uh, and how do we kind of, you know, how do we exist in that while trying to move towards the perfect one? So I agree. Um, I think we're kind of, you know, got to work, negotiate with terrorists, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> I, wow, you went worse than I did. Okay, it's fine. Yeah, I'll tell I'm you. a little more. I, I I tend not to like the government, um, so I don't I don't mind hurting their feelings a little bit. But um, <laughs> oh, if any hurt the government's feelings. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, boo hoo. Um, but then, but then they get angry and they come after you, right? They'll go after your taxes or they'll find something that you did 10 years ago or whatever. So that's kind of it too. Um, you know, is, uh, well, that's kind of a tangent, so we won't go there, but I did want to invite anyone that wants to speak. I see we have Katie, uh, Dustin, Dennis just popped in. So, um, and I just, uh, want to remind you guys too, if you have friends on this app, um, you can actually invite them. If you go and you hit that little icon down next to the mute button, um, you can invite people into this. So um, if you like what you're hearing, then uh, go ahead and do some of that. But uh, Sam, he's up uh, here if he wants to say anything or if you guys want to get up to be able to speak. All you got to do is raise your hand um, and we can call on you. But I don't know. Sam hasn't said anything. Do you have anything to say, Sam? Yeah, I think you – we're very accurate, Larry, about the problem stemming from originally the government intervention, and then the the one-two punch was the mandate. Yeah. Uh, I remember we went through the same discussion as teachers in 2010 or 2009 with um, SARS-1. Or no, it was H1N1. Oh, okay. Yep, and they had the exact same threat back then with, if you don't have the flu shot, you won't be able to teach. And they ended up uh, turning that down. But I recall the exact same discussions. Why? Do you remember why? Uh, I think it was the the fear, of course, is the spread of the disease. Um, and then there's a question upon whether people understand how vaccines work in general versus specifically for each virus. Um, so, uh, as many people know, if you, most states do require shots for school-age children to attend public schools, and they have to allow a religious exemption, but you get your, your MMR, your, your um, mumps, uh, polio shots as, as children. And the idea there is that because these viruses easily spread but don't easily mutate, um, if we have enough people who are vaccinated, there's a herd immunity that happens and it doesn't spread through a population. Um, mm-hmm. but it's different for other viruses that tend to have a different mutation factor. And I'm not a doctor. 
I don't think you do. Is when you, <laughs> I, I was, I'm, I'm sorry, I was not clear on what I was asking. What I meant was, why did oh, yeah. you have a problem back then? What, why were teachers upset? Did they not want to take it? Were they leaving? What was the issue at that point in 2000? You said 2010, you said? Yep. Uh, nine or 10, something like that. But the, the issue back then was flu shots have a very low effectiveness rate. Ah, okay. So, yeah, your flu shot is at best 50% of, well, not best, but typically between 30 and 50% effective as the uh, strains are different each year and mutate fast. Um, and then, of course, the, the amount of time they offer you immunity is very low. So, right. again, right. I'm aware of that. I know that sometimes there have been years when the flu shot was as low as 30%. I remember that. Yeah. So like my tetanus shot's good for 10 years or more, but my flu shot will last at most a few months. And that now there are some doctors who tell people to get two flu shots per year because the immunity wanes pretty quick. Um, and so for that many sounds of kind us, of like three COVID, that sounds kind of like three COVID shots per year. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> just get a shot every couple months, I guess. Is well, the question becomes, yeah, I had this is, is this actually a vaccine then? Or is this literally just a treatment? I think it seems it seems more to <laughs> me like a treatment, one. right? It's it's a therapy. They keep they keep calling it that, right? Um, I don't know who they is, right? Um, but I hear it called a therapy, right? Um, so so yeah. Uh, the question is, okay, doesn't that still become a personal choice then? Can't you know? It's it's kind of it's kind of like. How much are we going to dictate? And now I've seen now I've seen some things um, with people coming out. Uh, JP JP Sears actually just did a video on this a skit um, where it's your mandatory workout passport, right? Where now you have to prove that you can bench whatever or that you can do 500 setups or show them your eating regimen, right? And he's like, what if we required this? You know, how angry would everybody be if you said that you couldn't eat Big Macs, you know, and it's the other side of the coin, right? If why? And this was kind of the warning for universal health care, too, right? Once you put the government in charge, don't be upset when they start to tell you what you can and can't eat and what they're going to pay for and not. So um, and Dustin, he actually commented in the chat tangentially here um, that it's bad for the economy. Right. So same idea. The more control you give to government, the more things that they screw up, they mess up your individual lives and they mess up the, the economy through, um, you know, the unintended consequences. So but the argument is right. And the, the argument is, if you want to have five Big Macs a day, great, then you might have bad health and maybe you'll die but you're not going to affect anyone else, right? That's always the argument. Except right? Except I have a weak immune system now, and I am more likely to catch COVID, right, which is what they're telling you, that you need to get vaccinated because you'll be less likely to catch COVID. Well, you'll also be less likely to catch COVID. No, no, that's not their argument. Their argument is that if you don't do it, you are hurting others, that's not their self. Their argument is you're hurting others, right? That if you get COVID, then you're going to give somebody else COVID and then they're going to die. That's their actual argument. It actually is. The argument is actually um, the, the argument actually is um, that you're going to hurt others. That's you're going to hurt yourself. 
I, I understand that. Uh, I'm not making a different argument. I'm saying um, the vaccine is. So you're saying the Big Mac thing? The Big Mac thing? I'd be hurting only myself in theory, right? Well, no, no. Let me, let me, let me get here. <laughs> so the point of the vaccine, right, is to make it less likely that I catch and in turn transmit COVID. Right. Healthier people are less likely to catch and then transmit COVID. So yes, maybe um, initially, right, it is for your own good. That is your own thing. But it's the same argument in that sense that if you're trying to make me healthier, make it less likely. You understand? You understand what I'm Okay, I got you now. I misunderstood. Okay, I got you. So you know what? Your JPC is right. They're not going to let us eat hamburgers anymore. Damn it! No, so that's well, you don't like hamburgers, Craig, because they're about to go away. Yeah. So I know the slippery slope is a lot. The slippery slope is a logical fallacy, right? Like because whatever. But but the point is, what is okay? Where do we draw the line? And with government, the answer is usually. Well, the, the other thing is, look, if you think about it, you know, what line would we draw? Um, you're saying that you cannot travel. You lose your freedom of movement, right? If you don't inject something into your bloodstream, that's pretty far already. Am, am I wrong with that? That's like already pretty far. No, you're not. You're not wrong at all. We're we're in a bad spot. When I saw no. when I saw when I saw Joe Biden say, "Listen, <laughs> listen, you know, here's the deal, yeah. right?" <laughs> I heard I saw him get up there and I saw him say this stuff. That was honestly, of all the things that I've watched, even with our King, our Lord and Master, who thankfully <laughs> is no longer our Lord and Master, um, even with him, I'd kind of be like, eh. Whatever, you know, because even he, I felt like, wasn't that brazen. Joe Biden literally said, hey, uh, yeah, yeah, the 100 million people that are left here, you know, um, I've been real patient with you, but now it's time. You know, we're not messing around anymore. Now it's time. I said, what are you talking about, Joe? It really didn't make me feel good. Um, because it's the Overton window too, right? If he doesn't get away with this one, well, in two, in two years, maybe they'll try again and maybe they'll get, get away with it that time. Um, I, I would argue that he got virtually no pushback, right? I mean, not none, but almost no pushback, um, from the vast majority of Americans. If the the last poll I saw, it was like 60% of people were totally okay with it. Something like that. It's a, it's a big chunk. Um, a lot of people are okay with it. So I, I think there is no slippery slope. It's, we're already here is my issue. <laughs> we're, my, we're, my in, issue we're in the ravine already. Is, yeah, my other issue is, look, do I think that people should get the vaccine? I do think they should. But if I think that's true and I force you to get it, I got to now force you every single time. But if I'm able to convince you that in your, it's in your best interest to do so, I don't have to ever convince you again. So why in the world would I ever use force for some short-term gain? Right? Because, it it's, a sh- sense. because it's a short-term game and I need to get uh, elected next. I know, Craig, I hate that you're right. 
But yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah, it. and then and then I hate that. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. Um, so so I guess let's 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 go back to um healthcare, right? Like to to the to the industry. Um, you've you've talked yes, about health. This is scary. I, yeah, let me, let me touch with that. Thanks for bringing this up. Um, this is the scariest part. The people who are saying no to the vaccine in droves are healthcare workers. That's scary. And that's scary for multiple reasons. Not that the vaccine's bad. I'm not saying that. But that means one of two things is true. One, the vaccine is somehow bad in some way that we don't know about. That's option one. Option two, they don't trust the system. No matter what, it's bad, right? We should, our healthcare workers should trust the system. And if they're not getting the vaccine, they don't trust the system. That's a problem. So either they know something we don't know or they don't trust the system. Neither of those is a good answer. And that's a bigger issue, right? So if they don't trust the system, what are their loved ones going to start thinking? Are their loved ones going to go, look, my son, he's a so-and-so. My daughter, she's a so-and-so. If she doesn't believe it, well, then I shouldn't either. Is that what happens next? I mean, we're already having massive trust issues with all of our institutions. And not that I'm, you know, not that, you know, I'm not someone who's like, we should worship our institutions. I'm not saying that. But wouldn't it be nice if we trusted them in general? Right? I mean, we should. Clearly, we don't. And clearly, they've given us many reasons to not trust them. But what I'm saying is, in our perfect world, shouldn't we be striving to believe our institutions, whatever they might be? Otherwise, why do we have them as institutions if we don't trust them? It makes no sense. And this is my, my bigger issue, right? It's like teachers, and this happens all the time. Another reason why I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to get education to change. So many teachers who don't trust the education system, right? And now we have doctors and healthcare workers who don't trust the, the healthcare system. This is a horrible thing. I, I agree. Uh, I, I know people. My sister's a nurse, right? So she's got a oh, lot of nurse friends. Um, oh yes, and um, she she's vaccinated. Um, she didn't. She got it because, well, I think she felt a little peer pressured. Um, but at the same time, there's folks that she works with that says, "Nah, nah, not doing it." Um, and you're right. You know, the people that are in it every day, if they're hesitant, why do I have to? Why do I have to be so sure that this is a good thing, right? It's not a good look. It's not a good look at all. Um, but so I guess you, let me ask you a question about that, right? Okay, if if your if you know that some of your sister's friends have not taken the vaccine, does that make you more skeptical? Yeah, I didn't need to be more skeptical. I had my own healthy skepticism to begin with. Um, it really comes down to the just like you said. Um, you were going to get it, and then they said, well, I'm going to make you get it. I was like, well, you didn't have to, but now I uh, – why did you think you had to, right? Like I was going to do it, but now, <laughs> now I kind of feel like that's not a great idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I guess it's really that. You know, uh, it, it didn't make me more skeptical or less skeptical of the vaccine. I've had vaccines. I've gotten my flu shot in the past, right? Um, it's just this – it's just the way that this has been handled, um, the way that it's kind of taken place um, out in the open, but not really, 
right? That's the problem is science and study and research and all these things, you're going to get it wrong, right? Uh, and until you get it right. And it's a refinement process. Well, that doesn't go with politics. Politics is I'm right and I'm not going to change, right? right? So when Trump said, hey, I think ivermectin might be a good idea. They said, that's a horrible idea. <laughs> and then it had to be a horrible idea for the rest of eternity, right? Well, There's well, no walking back that. to the next piece, right, that you brought up, which I guess I'll touch this piece too. We made healthcare political because we politicized everything. If you remember, when the vaccine was coming out under Trump, Democrats were like, I'm not taking that vaccine. That's a Trump vaccine. That's a garbage vaccine. I'll never take that thing, right? And then now that it's it's the Biden one, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. There's never ever been a vaccine better than this. Oh my God, take it and your you know your 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 acne will clear up. It's just amazing. It does everything now. So it's the greatest medicine ever. Now you lose weight. I mean, it's 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 the greatest medicine ever now, and because he made it political. If Trump had won the presidency uh, instead of instead of Biden, I wonder if Democrats would be against the vaccine or not. They still might be. They might be the vaccine hesitant ones. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny, too, because it's the same vaccine. There's no Trump vaccine, That's no correct. Biden vaccine. It's the same That's vaccine. Yes. So, yeah. Um, and honestly, I I feel like um, I've seen a lot of Trump supporters uh, that I know personally get vaccinated. I don't think they really have a problem too much. Uh, what? I don't think just because you're a Trump supporter, you're anti-vaccine, right? Um, but I do think that just like you said, I think it is political and it's become a way for the left, uh, specifically to virtue signal, just like with yeah. the masking and, um, you know, things like this. And it, we kind of missed the point. Um, I guess we could get into the mask mandates in schools too, right? Um, I keep seeing those as problems. Uh, everyone's upset about those. That's because now, now I might be, this is how I see it. It feels to me like the teachers unions felt like they had to fight to get something, right? We got to fight to get something. So we're going to fight to get the mask because that's going to protect everybody, right? We're showing we're doing something. It doesn't matter whether it's good or bad or otherwise or proven by science. It becomes a political football, right? And I think that's where we're at. There's the next piece where, where I have to walk down this road too, right? Again, this is healthcare workers and science. So healthcare people, professionals, are clearly not always right, right? Generally speaking, I tend to trust healthcare workers as a general rule, but they're not always right because they're humans. They make mistakes. Not just that. Science changes, meaning that we get new data. That happens. We, and instead of us saying, which, which is when, when I talk about this, a year and a half ago, I said, look, if we don't know if masks work, how about we say that and say we don't know if they work? So, guys, let's try this. Keep some data. And as the data comes in, we'll make adjustments. In fact, do what you feel is appropriate. Please be transparent with what you're doing so we can see it, so we can know what works and what doesn't work. Let's do that. And we didn't do that. We first came out and said, don't buy masks. They're bad. They don't work. Remember that? Don't don't get the mask. They don't work. And then at the same time, I said, save them for the healthcare workers. Why if they don't work? Well, they don't work. Okay, I guess they don't work, so don't buy them. Then wear two masks. Remember that? Now, there may have been data that changed. That There may have been a logical reason for you know that to be a thing. 
But how can you believe it if you don't, if you come at it with aggression and mandates and violence and such, you know, assuredness, now you can't go back. But if you had just said, we don't know if this stuff works. We're, 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 we're trying this. Hey, if you're scared, wear one. If you, if you think you're, you know, you're in a bad spot where it might get you, hey, do this and let's see what happens. And then get the data and then post the data and go, see, this is what we've learned in this county, in this city, in this area, percentage of people masking, blah, blah. And now each county can go, oh, yeah, this does work. This doesn't work or whatever. And then people begin to work together. And when the data comes out together, that's when it's believable. But the data only comes out through my guy or your guy. I only believe my guy. I don't believe your guy. It actually doesn't matter what your guy says. He's not my guy. Therefore, he's wrong. <laughs> it's interesting you bring that up. Um, someone asked Dr. Fauci the other day um, about the study in Israel. Yeah. Uh, and it was, I think, specifically about natural immunity, right? And about how that study had found that people who gained natural immunity were 27 times less likely to become reinfected than those who got the vaccine. And the guy said, well, the reporter, I don't know if it was a guy or a girl, said, Dr. Fauci, <laughs> what do you have to say about that? And he said, well, you know, I, I'm not really sure what I got to say about that. Like, uh, need some more. It might be a valid point. Okay, next question. It's like, uh, aren't you the guy? <laughs> like, aren't you the guy? You said that disagreeing with you was disagreeing with science itself. Those words came out of his mouth, right? So I guess it's like, why do we keep listening to not? I'm not blaming Dr. Fauci specifically for this, but um, I, it's the no, same. I am. I'm blaming it for only one reason, not because he said what he thinks is true or not. I don't know if that's right. I have no idea. But that he said it, again, as I said, with such assurity, like I'm, yes, like you said, disagree with me, disagree with science. I mean, that's the kind of thing that makes people not want to agree with you. Yeah. Right? That's literally what makes people say no. And now you can't be wrong. You can't be. Because once you're wrong... Now you're a loser forever because you were so damn sure. It's why you rarely hear me go, I'm 100% right. Because unless I really think I am. And when I screw up, you hear me say it. I go, I was wrong on that one. Why? Because I want you to realize I can change my mind. I can be wrong. <gasps> I'm human. And all of us are. And we should stop acting like we're not. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, so, so your libertarian solution to healthcare was to um, make it like the Costco model, right? Would that t t walk down that road? Could you define? Say, say you had, uh, say you were Larry Sharp. It's right now. It's happening right now in many cities. It's a company right now called Forward, and the company Forward right now is already doing a model that is um, basically subscription model. It's subscription model. Um, uh, healthcare. You pay 150 bucks a month, and you show up when you need to, and it's heavily computer based, diagnostic, all those things. That's already happening with our current bad system. Could you imagine if we actually supported systems like that? There will be tons of them popping up all over the place. And if that happens, guess what? They know faster than you know. They know who's coming in with what because it's one large computer system. 
So they're literally watching what happens, literally watching what happens. And they'll be able to react faster because that's what their system would have to do because that's what their system is all about. So, yeah, I mean, if we had a system similar to that, it would be a better system. How much better? I don't know for sure to be forward to be and used to steal their name. Uh, I don't know, you know, um, how much better, but it'd be better than this for sure. And if it wouldn't be better, let's say I'm wrong and it wouldn't be better. Well, guess what? It's voluntary. So we can go back to the old system. So that's kind of where I was going with that Um, was, you know, okay, I work for, you know, whatever, Utica General Hospital, right? Work for them. Uh, I won't name the evil hospital uh, because that's (laughs) neither here nor there. Um, But so I work for Utica General, right? Uh, They say you got to get the jab or get the hell out. So I get the hell out and I go and I work for forward, right? Um, and, and now you have competition, right? Now you have, uh, maybe you have three big names in healthcare in, uh, New York State, but they're all going to compete with each other and they're going to take both patients and workers. You get more of an option, right? Instead of yeah. all of these, all of these kind of public private, uh, partnership things that are going on where the governor picks where the hospital goes and all these things, right? Now, yeah. now you have something that's a little bit more organic. Um, and maybe they defy the regulations because they say, whatever, I don't, I don't, because what are the repercussions? Do, does anybody know that? If I don't do that, do they come after me? Do they find me? Do they take away my federal funds? Um, do we know any of that? What do you, what do you mean by that? I mean, there's a mandate, right? That says you need to vaccinate all of your staff. What's the, what's the or else? Do we know what the or? It's it's always a money grab. I mean, yeah, I think it's it was. not a money grab. It's always a money grab. Sam, Sam's got it. He thinks he knows. I think it was their fourteen hundred or fourteen thousand dollars fine, or something like that. Okay, so so if- yeah, so it's a fine that big business can survive and, and small business can't. That's generally how it works. So I guess that's where I was going. Is if you had forward right and they had all these locations, maybe they could afford to say, you know what, we're not. Uh, we're going to fight this, right? We're not paying your $1,400 fine per whatever. Uh, see you in court, right? Good luck. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think you might see that, you know, uh, because that's already kind of their deal is, hey, we're trying to provide an alternative. So I think you might find that maybe they wouldn't fall in line, you know, especially if the people that were going there, the early adopters, maybe they, the, their clientele, they don't like the idea of mandates, you know, so it's kind of putting the power back in. I hope you're right. Like, I hope that's the right answer. Um, I'm actually unsure. There's a part of me that says, you know, yeah, that's great. I hope that works. And the part of me goes, there's no way that's going to work. Like, I just, I just, I'm unsure. I'm unsure. And I'm worried that if we don't move towards a forward model soon, um, it's going to go too far. To I where- think we're already too far. I think we're already too far. I think we need to have forward. Yes. <laughs> it's already over. All right. No, over. I don't mean it in that sense. I mean, it's got it like people that that's why I brought it up um, is because people need to know that that's a thing. Right. And maybe, maybe that, that uh, I, I'm basically talking about building a separate system, right? Just like you said, and if it's worse, okay, go back to the old system. But um, I think you're right. I think we need to build that new system so that you can, exists outside of all these rules. Well, yeah, that that kind of is my point. I'm with you, right? That's kind of my point. Um, I would like to have a system 
to where, you know, if I want to keep the old way, I can, but nobody would want to, right? That's the goal. The goal is that no one wants the old system because the new system is so much better. What's the old saying you hear me say all the time, right? Good ideas should not require force. So if what I'm saying is correct, and I hope I am, then people won't want the old system. Like, this old system sucks. We want the cool new forward system because that thing's working for us. And that's what I'm trying to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, I think that that really might be the key to all this is, um, finding ways to create those alternative systems and say, you know what, government, you do your thing with those guys. Um, I'm going to go do my thing over here. Right? Yeah, like we, and then, we, don't, we don't end the the current system that many people are afraid of losing. And I get that. They're afraid of losing a system. It makes sense. I mean, if you're worried, if you have a an, an issue, if you have a pre-existing condition, you're worried. You probably should be, right, if you have a pre-existing condition. It makes sense that you're concerned. Um, the, the issue I'm saying is, but then – Keep your system that will make sure you at least are covered to your minimum that stand that makes you feel comfortable and then let the others do their thing. And then hopefully if their system works out and you go, man, that system's way better, then you come over and join that other system. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. So this this worker, this worker, the healthcare worker thing, um, it's always hard for me to tell. What's a federal law and what's a state law sometimes uh, with mandates? Because New York, I feel like we just get it no matter what, right? Um, so, yeah. so, so is this a, is this a national thing? Are other people going through this, or is it a New York thing? The mandating vaccines for healthcare? No, it's going everywhere, and people are fighting back. States already fighting back. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yes, I already fighting. Back. I just, like I said, I'm so used to living in the People's Republic of New York here that uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know I've got, I know I've got it bad no matter what. So sometimes, I sometimes it's the other way where I assume it's happening, right? That it's bad everywhere else, but then it's like, no, this is only here, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, they're screwed. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I want to thank uh, Dennis and Katie and Dustin for hanging on here and if you guys want it dustin's been chiming in in the chat so if uh dennis or katie if you don't want to speak out loud the chat is always there for people to make comments the last one dustin said back when we were on the uh the healthy people thing he said people making bad health choices end up clogging the hospital system up which indirectly hurts other people so um i think he was just kind of no, i think he's right i mean that and that's yeah. another argument for it right he, he's right there's an argument for it. The question that becomes, though, right, when we're when we're doing that, this becomes another of the slippery slope questions. Do we then decide to punish people for what we would consider bad behavior? And and in certain cases, we do. For example, in some insurances, for example, car insurance, if you get tickets or you're a bad driver, you pay more for your insurance. Does that mean that we're saying that you should also have to pay more? Um, if you're a, you know, bad health risk, right? Should you have to pay more? And, and, and I'm not advocating for this. I'm saying that may be an issue. Or do we say, no, healthcare doesn't matter. You don't, it doesn't matter if you're in pre-existing condition, right? Because then in theory, if you do that, then it, the next logical thing would be, well, what if you're born with a condition? Well, look, you were born with a condition, which means you're going to be more expensive. So you got to pay more money. And oh my God, what a slippery slope that is. 
So I, these are valid questions. And we've got to start saying to ourselves, how do we fix this? And the first thing I want to do, and it's going to sound crazy, but I want to make it profitable. If we make it profitable, you find out we wind up having more money to help those who are in need. How do we know that? That's literally what charity is. Literally. It's people who make a lot of money deciding, you know what? I have so much money. I want to help others. That happens all the time. So if we make it better, now we can use government. I'm saying it again. I'm, I'm freaking Mr. Government guy. Um, now we can use government to actually give incentives for people to help those who are uh, poor or in bad spaces or have prison conditions, whatever, to make it even easier for them. Right. So as an example, um, I think I brought this up before. If you have this type of model where it's a monthly subscription model, you might the government might do something like give an incentive. As an example, if you take, you know, 10 um, percent of your um, client base of all your registrants and you make them you know, poor, however, the government you know, says you're poor for the sake of argument. You know, I often use, you know, eligible, eligible for school lunch. Right. If you do that then you get no payroll tax. Well, if you're a large, you know, powerful hospital, payroll tax is a big, big chunk of your expenses. You might be okay with that. You might go, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Hell yeah. And all of a sudden now you get people who are poor, however the government defines poor, getting great treatment like everybody else. So I think you can do it, but you've got to make it profitable first. The problem is our healthcare system is only profitable for shareholders, not for stakeholders. That's why everyone's, all the conglomerates are buying everything up. That's why they're all like big business and, and big, you know, big hospital groups because the shareholders make money, but it's, the, the stakeholders don't. I'm hearing a whole lot of, of uh, bread tube language coming out here in this. <laughs> I think you've been spending a lot of time with the socialists over there, Larry, which is Love not a bad man. thing. Loving it. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all because I heard you just say use government for good, right? You said I'm going to create an incentive by taking away a punishment, right? Yeah. A pun uh, I'm going to take away – I'm not going to give you this tax if you play by my rules, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that's the opposite side of the coin of the way that we usually do it, which is yeah. you better watch out or I'm going to take more money. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm hammering the hell out of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the norm. And, and the norm is punished first. And in doing that, now you're giving them options and you're creating the outcomes that you would like to have and giving them freedom to create better outcomes, right? So you're getting better outcomes. You're getting improvement. And uh, so that means you don't have to try to crack down and create all these extra programs so you save money in the long run, right? So you don't have to tax in the payroll tax. Yes, yes, and yes. All yeses to everything you just said. Yes, yes, and yes. 100%. Yeah, I think that's great. We just, oh, Jess Kern. I was going to welcome Jess Kern, and then Jess Kern left. Um, but, uh, oh, now he's back. He heard me. Uh, would you like to speak? Uh, it's the gingerbread man, so I'm not quite sure um, who this person is, whether it's a male or female, but I'll address them as they. If they would like to speak, they can raise their hand uh, and hop in, or you can comment in the chat. Welcome. Uh, Larry, do you have anything that you want to say? Um, anything we didn't touch on? 
I just want to go back to the same thing, Rob, which you hear me say often, which is I really, I, I really think there are better options here that we just haven't taken, right? There are better options that we just haven't taken. And I spoke about them literally a year and a half ago. And I feel crappy being like, I told you so, but you know what? I freaking told you so. <laughs> just saying it. I, I did. I did tell you so. And a lot of people didn't want to hear it, but I did tell you so. I, I, I do think that we could have done a much better job here, and we just we dropped the ball. We totally dropped the ball. So if um, if people wanted to see the better way, uh, the sharp way, you might say, right? <laughs> you, you said you've been talking all you've been talking all this. Where they where they get, uh, where can they go and see what you've been saying? As always, please head over to The Sharp Way, which is uh, my daily, almost, not always, but often daily show um, uh, on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and all of the internet things. Please enjoy. I speak about it often. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and thank you all for coming to the green room tonight. Um, if you ever get to the point where you want to uh, hear one of these things and you weren't able to attend it live, they're going up on our locals first. It'll be within a couple days of the uh, show. So either, you know, the Friday or that weekend, they'll be on locals. Um, and then that next week, they will be on anchor. So you can always catch them if you can't catch them live. Um, but if you'd rather come and be a part of the conversation live. They're always here on Thursday nights um, and invite your friends and get them on the platform. And we're trying to grow this. We're trying to be really cool. Larry and I were talking about how Joe Rogan's going to have Spotify and we're going to have green room and we're going to have an empire together. We're going to have that empire. <laughs> so Joe you can Rogan help us. On us. Say again. Joe Rogan's got nothing on us. No. Yeah. So if you want to be a part of that, make sure you keep tuning into these and keep uh, sharing them with their friends or with your friends. So uh, thanks again for joining. And uh, thank you, Larry. I'll let you have the last word. Guys, I, I hope you understand that every time I talk about these issues, it's because I care and I want them to be better. Right. I want things to be better. And you may disagree with me on a specific issue or a specific topic or something like that. But I hope you see that I am seriously trying to make things better. All right. With that, thank you all for joining. And, uh, well, Larry will see you during his next uh, Sharp Way. And we'll see you back here next Thursday. Have a good one, guys. Thanks a lot.